0: Larry 21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. Your home for all things Dallas Cowboys news. Welcome to the Big D Breakdown. I am your host, Larry Lise, and on today's episode, we're diving into the latest headlines and news from around AT&T Stadium. But first, we'd like to thank our sponsor at Game Time for sponsoring this episode. If you're looking for the best place to score your next ticket to the Cowboys, the Dallas Stars, Dallas Mavericks, or any kind of event, comedy shows, uh, musicals, then come check out Game Time today. Use the link in the description and help support the channel. And now on to today's first topic, our studs and duds of Week 14. Following a 54-point explosion against the Colts, the Dallas Cowboys were expected to really have their way with the Houston Texans in Week 14. That wasn't the case at all, as they spent the majority of the game trying to catch up to their in-state rivals. Dallas even needed a huge defensive stop in the final minutes, as well as a 98-yard drive to secure the win. But since they captured the win, it's safe to exhale and look back over the nail-biting contest and identify a few studs and duds from the game. Starting off with our stud, Donovan Wilson. With Houston up 20 to 17 and getting the ball to start the third quarter, they had all the momentum. Dallas needed something to go their way, and it finally did when Donovan Wilson hit Pierce and forced a fumble. The ball bounced right to Trayvon Diggs, who gained 15 yards after running around for what felt like a couple of minutes. That should have led to points and possibly the lead, but Dallas failed to get the ball onto the end zone and turned it over on downs when Elliott was stuffed on fourth and goal. Still, Wilson delivered when his team needed him to, something that has been true throughout the season, as he's putting together an impressive Campaign. And honored dud? Cavante Turpin. Dallas was up seven and own and forced a punt with a three and out on their first defensive series. Forty seven forty seven yard punt, excuse me, was fielded by Cavante Turpin, and he wound up muffing the ball. The fumble was recovered by Houston linebacker Blake Cushman, giving the Texas Texans the ball at the Dallas twenty four. The Texans were able to go 24 yards in six plays, and Damian Pierce scored a one-yard touchdown to tie the game up at seven. It was the first of several miscues that allowed Houston to nearly pull off the upset. And our next stud, without further ado, is Tony Pollard. Once again, Tony Pollard had himself a game. His first two runs were impressive, as they each went for 11 yards. His initial carry was on first and 10 at Dallas' own 45, and he put them in Houston territory. From there, Ezekiel Elliott moved to the 11 on three carries, and then Pollard got it again. This time, he took it to the right end for an 11-yard touchdown. His ninth rushing score of the season. Pollard continued to make plays as he went for 18 yards to move the ball to the Houston 5-yard line. A false start moved them back to the 10, and Pollard wound up scoring again from there. This time, taking a Prescott pass and making a couple of players miss on his way to the end zone. Their dud, Dak Prescott. While the Cowboys have had a good season overall, Prescott has been downright awful when it comes to protecting the ball. In seven games, he has posted seven picks and and has twice tossed two in a game. Now he's up to nine picks, and this was his third game of the season with multiple picks. And if that wasn't enough, it's also the third game in a row where he did throw a pick, and the second one was an absolute killer. Trailing 23-20, to 20, Dallas needed their star quarterback to step up, as they were pinned down in their own territory. That didn't happen, as Prescott threw a pass right into the arms of Tremont Smith, who had the earlier pick as well. The defense bailed him out and got them the ball back, but against a better team, he would have blown the game on that play. Our stud... Ezekiel Elliott. Since returning from his two-game absence with a knee injury, Ezekiel Elliott has been playing great football. He hasn't put up video game numbers as he did during his rookie campaign, but he continues to make the plays he needs to in order to put his team in a position to win. This Sunday, he had 15 rushes for 62 yards, as well as three receptions for 19 yards, but his best play gained only two yards. Right after Gallup dropped the touchdown pass from Prescott, Kellen Moore dialed up a run and Elliott cut right through the defense for a game-winning touchdown. Throughout the day, he was tough to take to the ground and helped keep the offense from being a mess in this one. And our next stud, Demarcus Lawrence. We all know that Micah Parsons gets the love since he racks up the sacks, but that doesn't mean Demarcus Lawrence isn't still an elite player and one of the main leaders on this team. He proved that on Sunday when he made the play of the game, even if it gets lost after the winning touchdown drive. After Prescott's interception, Houston had the ball at the Dallas 4-yard line. They moved it to the 1, but Lawrence pushed them backward on 3rd down. Rex Burkhead took the handoff and Lawrence flew into the backfield to take him for a 2-yard loss. Houston was unable to convert on 4th down, but the key to ending the drive was the play from Lawrence. Without that tackle for a loss, the Texans might have pulled off the win. Before we move on, let us know your thoughts on our studs and duds. Is there somebody we should have included, somebody we missed? Let us know. And of course, give us a thumbs up if you like our video, subscribe to the channel for more content, and hit that bell notification button to be notified when we release future videos. And now on to our next topic. The Mount Rushmore of most hated figures in Cowboys history. The question has always been, who's on the Mount Rushmore? You don't get the nickname America's Team without having a history full of beloved figures. That's been true the Dallas Cowboys, who've had names such as Tom Landry, Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman, and Emmett Smith on their sidelines. The However, there have also been plenty of boys who've drawn the ire of the entire fan base. Here we look at those who were the most loathed, with this Mount Rushmore featuring the four most hated figures in Cowboys history. Starting off, Taco Charlton, former Cowboys defensive end. It might seem weird to put a player on this list that suited up for just 27 games with the Cowboys, but Taco Charlton makes this mountain not only for what he failed to do, but also due to what the team missed out on when drafting him. Dallas has been solid when it comes to drafting over the past decade, but when they get into trouble is when they focus on a position rather than their board. That's what happened in 2017, when they made sure to go after a prototypical defensive end rather than the top player available. This led to the selection of Taco Charlton out of Michigan at number 28 overall. Charlton, who stood 6'6 and 270 pounds, looked a part of an NFL defensive end. And Rod Marinelli believed he was a better option than TJ Watt, who didn't fit his scheme. Of course, Charlton turned out to be a major bust as Watt went on to become one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. The DE is not too sad about it, though, as Charlton had no problem making fun of Jerry Jones' this offseason when the owner tried to blame his son for the failed pick. Next up, Roy Williams, former Cowboys wide receiver. For two years, the Cowboys tried to land Roy Williams as Jerry Jones had his heart set on acquiring the former Texas standout. The Detroit Lions, however, were reluctant to make a move. That is, until Williams was ready for a new contract. That's when they sent him to the Cowboys, and Jones sent the Lions to farm. In exchange for Williams, Dallas surrendered a first, third, and sixth round draft pick. They then agreed to a six-year $54 million extension, with $26 million guaranteed. That might not sound terrible in today's market, but it was one of the richest deals for a wideout at the time. Williams then joined a receiving corps that included Terrell Owens, Patrick Creighton, Jason Witten, In 10 games during the 2008 campaign, Williams managed just 19 receptions for 198 yards and a touchdown. The front office convinced themselves he just needed a full offseason in their system to get back on track and made him the number one wideout when they released Owens ahead in the 2009 campaign. Thankfully, Miles Austin broke out with 81 receptions and 1,300 yards because Williams wasn't up to the task. That year, he finished with 38 catches for 596 yards. Following season was similar, with just thirty-seven receptions for thirty for five hundred and thirty yards. He was also guilty of several drops and had a crucial fumble on Thanksgiving Day against New Orleans in twenty ten. Williams had originally caught a pass that looked to seal a little win for Dallas, but wound up fumbling the ball away, and the Saints scored the winning touchdown on that possession. After just forty games, Williams was released, and has gone down as one of the biggest failed trades in league history. And finally. And number four, you can't forget Jerry Jones. For each of the previous members of the Cowboys Mount Rushmore of hated figures, there's been one common denominator, Jerry Jones. An Arkansas native who became a billionaire, Jones purchased the franchise in 1989 for $140 million, and he instantly angered the fan base. Jones fired Tom Landry shortly after purchasing the team, getting rid of the only coach their franchise had ever known. Landry hadn't had a winning season over the past three years, but the unceremonious way he was fired is what the fanbase held on to. Making matters worse, he hired a former collegiate teammate, Jimmy Johnson, making it appear as though personal feelings led to the decision. Luckily, in time, Johnson would prove to be the right coach for this franchise. He led them back-to-back Super Bowl wins in 92 and 93, but then Jones stepped in and messed that one up as well. Jones, who had named himself general manager, wanted all the credit for this success. His desperation to be considered a football guy and not just a businessman led to a massive dispute between the two, and Johnson was gone before the 94 season. Since Jones is afraid of changing his approach, he again hired a former teammate from Arkansas, this time bringing in Barry Switzer. As fate would have it, Switzer won a title in 95, but it was with the roster Johnson built, and the Cowboys quickly went in the wrong direction afterward. In fact, their futility has been embarrassingly bad. Since that 95 campaign, only Dallas, Washington, and Alliance have failed to make it to the NFC Championship game, and 13 of the other 15 NFC teams have made it at least twice. Even with that being the case, Jones still wants everyone to think he's a GM. At 80 years of age, he appears on radio, TV shows, whenever possible to discuss his team's plans. He undermines his coaches by announcing starters, talks over team doctors, and contradicts their medical opinions. Jones even paid 2.4 million in a settlement to help cover up some heinous activity by Rich Dell Ripple, who was a longtime employee of his. There's no denying Jones loves his team. Problem is, he's also his own worst enemy. It's much like Tommy Boy, who loves his sail so much that he smothers it, smashes it, and ends up killing everything good about it. It's really a wonder the franchise has had as many winning seasons as they have with Jones at the helm. Just imagine how good they would be if the man in charge of it all wasn't serving as a giant anchor holding their progress back. Let us know your thoughts. Who would you consider to be the most hated figures in Cowboys history? Let us know. And now on to our next topic. Three causes for concerns from the narrow win against the Texans. The Dallas Cowboys played to their competition in the previous two games against the Giants and the Colts. Ultimately, they picked themselves up in the second half, and their superior talent level proved to be the difference. On Sunday, the Cowboys took playing down to their competition to a whole new level against the one-win Texans. On a fast track to clinching the NFL's worst record and number one overall pick, Houston smelled blood following Cavante Turpin's first quarter punt and pushed their in-state rivals to the brink so much so that it took an 11-play, 98-yard touchdown drive with less than three minutes remaining in the game for Dallas to see out the victory. It was a surgical drive from Dak Prescott, whose interception just minutes earlier seemed to seal a win (coughs) for the visitors before Demarcus Lawrence saved the day with a physics-defying run stop on third and goal. A win is a win, obviously, but the Cowboys were downright lucky to escape with a win. While you're celebrating this thrilling come-from-behind victory, be sure to take note of these causes for concern. Number three, self-inflicted mistakes. The Cowboys record under Mike McCarthy speaks for itself. It also speaks volumes the team is continually plagued by self-inflicted mistakes under McCarthy's tutelage. If it's stomp penalties, which were oddly few and far between against Houston, it's unforced turnovers, drop passes, or missed tackles, you name it. Sunday was a... Same old story. For starters, Kevontae Turpin's muff punt after Pollard's early touchdown changed the game. If Dallas gets the ball back and goes up 14-0, it's extremely possible the one-win Texans lie down and prepare for the slaughter. Besides that, Dallas committed an offsides on third and goal after stopping the Texans, which led to a Damian Pierce touchdown run. He also had a drop pass from Noah Brown that resulted in an interception and a drop touchdown by Dalton Schultz. Dallas wound up getting stuffed on fourth and goal later in the drive, which opens up another can of worms about Kellen Moore's conservative play calling near the goal line. After eight straight runs to start the second half, the Cowboys packed the box and called an Ezekiel Elliott run up the middle on fourth and goal that had no chance. The Texans snuffed it and blew up the play behind the line of scrimmage. All of these blunders were unforced, inexcusable, but not surprising. And at number two, injuries to starters. The Cowboys' injury report has been an incredibly short read in recent weeks, but they suffered a number of scares on Sunday. Before the game, Jaren Curse was assisted to the locker room with an apparent leg injury before returning and starting the game. Suffered during warm-ups, his freak injury marked the start of a long afternoon on the injury front. In the second quarter, underrated space eater Jonathan Hankins was removed with a shoulder injury and didn't return. In the same quarter, Trayvon Diggs left the game with a thumb injury. He went back to the locker room before returning, albeit with his hands heavily wrapped. Additionally, promising rookie tight end Jake Ferguson was ruled out after exiting the game just before halftime. The biggest concern, though, occurred when right tackle Terrence Steele was undercut by a Texans defender while finishing off a block. Unable to brace himself for a hit, Steele went down awkwardly and was helped to the locker room. He was quickly ruled out with a knee injury. 2021 fourth-round pick Josh Ball replaced Steele and was so dreadful in a limited action that Dallas benched him for Jason Peters. Steele has been a model of consistency at right tackle this offseason, allowing just four quarterback hits and one sack over 417 pass blocking snaps to go with a sublime 82.4 run blocking grade from PFF. Then next up, Dak Prescott's interceptions aren't sustainable. This isn't an anti-DAC rant. Far from it, actually. Anyone with a fundamental understanding of football or two functioning eyes realizes Prescott's return from injury has meant everything to the Cowboys' offense. The group ranks first in multiple major categories since he took his job back from Cooper Rush. With that said, the interceptions are piling up at an alarming rate. While Sunday's pick wasn't entirely on Prescott, Noah Brown had to bounce off his helmet and into the air, begging to be intercepted. It was a familiar sight for Dallas fans over the last month. In fact, Prescott's now thrown an interception in three straight games and five of the last six contests. There's never a good time for a turnover, but a majority of them have come near the end of the first half on passes over the middle. Wouldn't you know it? Sunday's pick was a carbon copy of that description. Is it a matter of Prescott forcing unnecessary throws into the tight windows? Could his receivers do a better job on routes and catching the football? You bet. Not every INT has been on Dak, but even his most adamant supporters can admit he's been more careless with the football than we've grown accustomed to. Prescott can win any game on his own, but the Cowboys are built to win by running the football and playing sound defense. It's tough to carry out that blueprint when your quarterback is throwing interceptions almost every week. And now on to our next topic, Cowboys have picked T.Y. Hilton. Over OBJ Jerry Jones apparently still loves a splash, even after spending the immediate aftermath of Odell Beckham Jr.'s visit to Dallas leaking information that tanked his value. No NFL team has made a move on OBJ thus far, with the Chiefs reportedly keeping in contact with the wideout even after the Cowboys star Parsons confirmed signing the veteran would be more of a 2023 move. While Beckham's recovery from an ACL tear was dicey enough to give even the King and the marquee pause, and Noah Brown's performance on Sunday against Texans merited mention for its clutchness, it was apparently pretty appalling for Jones to do something absurd with his wide receiver core on Monday. The Cowboys are reportedly signing former Colts star T.Y. Hilton. As the wide receiver's reps confirmed at NFL insiders, Hilton's free agency tour was much quieter. He was reportedly in the building as news was breaking. Hilton, as good as retired in our minds' eyes recently as this morning, racked up nearly 10,000 yards for his career in Indianapolis, making the Pro Bowl at four consecutive seasons from 2014 to 2017, long past the point of taking the top off the defense all by himself. The Ghost can still gallop from time to time, snagging 23 balls for 331 yards in 2021. His missed yards per reception mark since the 2018 season. With just four games to go in Dallas' this season, it will be difficult for Hilton to work his way up the depth chart past Brown and secure the 300 yards he needs to hit the 10,000 plateau. Perhaps that means a return engagement could be in the works for 2023. As well, once Beckham will be an option once more. Whether Jalen Tolbert and James for Washington. Let us know your thoughts about the signing of T.Y. Hilton. You think it's a good idea? Should we keep them for another season? Let us know. And now on to our next topic, our early predictions and odds for the Cowboys versus the Jaguars. Following their Thanksgiving beatdown of the New York Giants, the Dallas Cowboys schedule gave them three consecutive bizarre battles with non-rivals who reside quite a bit outside the team's current sphere of relevance. First came the Colts, who were led by Matt Ryan and Jeff Saturday until the hourglass ran out in the fourth quarter. Then came the Texans, who battled far harder than most anticipated, but couldn't stop Dallas from gaining 98 all-important yards on the final drive. Now it's time for the Cowboys to travel to Jacksonville and take on the Jaguars, a team that sits at 5-8 and eight, but in a far friskier place than they occupied last season with Urban Meyer in charge. The Jags are now on the outside looking into the playoff picture but have an outside shot to make the dance if they can run the table and watch the Titans spiral. Hopefully the Cowboys can put a stop to that narrative quickly. As of Tuesday morning, the Cowboys are minus 4.5 road favorites traveling in Jacksonville, according to FanDuel. The Jaguars, for reference, are coming off a fairly healthy 36-22 the Titans that has upended the playoff picture slightly for the time being. Let us know your thoughts on who would win this game. Dallas is minus 115 to cover that minus 4.5 spread, while the Jaguars are minus 105 to get within 5 points. On the money line, Dallas is minus 225 to win, while the Jags are plus 188 to come away victorious. That's a solid bet considering Dallas is nearly locked into the number 5 seed, and the Jaguars have plenty to play for within their division. Trap game alert for sure, as the Cowboys head home to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas Eve, following their brief trip in unfamiliar territory. While Trevor Lawrence didn't rise to the immediate stardom in year one, he looks part of a top quarterback this season now that he's escaped Urban Meyer's shadow. 20 touchdowns against 6 picks looks a hell of a lot better than 12-17 and as a rookie. That said, Jacksonville hasn't earned their reputation as a frisky defense. This isn't Miles Jack in the AFC title game anymore. The Jags are 27th in the NFL in yards allowed per game, though they're 14th in yards allowed on the ground in middle of the pack in points against. Dallas' patchwork secondary must shut down Lawrence to win, and will have to rely on tertiary receiving options like Noah Brown again if the running game gets bottled up. I predict a narrow Cowboys win, 23-21, to 21, with Lawrence's final draft stalling at the 50. So let us know your thoughts on the topics we covered. Is there anything we missed? Anything we should have included? Let us know in the comments section below. As always, you can support the channel by buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the big D. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will see you next time. This has been the Big D Breakdown with your host, Larry Lee. Thank you for listening and watching. Follow us on social media at Big D Breakdown on Twitter, Facebook, the Big D Breakdown on Instagram. Just search The Big D Breakdown. Thank you for joining us. See you next time.